That's, that sounds good. Because E was low as hell. I know. All right, ladies and gentlemen, I'm a yacht rock freak. You had to roll with me for this one for a minute. As the kids say, this slaps. This is Peace to the Cheese Radio, ladies and gentlemen. My name is JD. God's on my side. And we have a special guest. We're going to get right to it. What's going on, God? No gossip, no glitch. Just two brothers talking about shit. Brothers talk about peace. I dare say three brothers today. Three brothers talking about shit. Brothers talk about today, yes. In any case, G's on the phone. We're going to get right to it. What's going on, G? Everything's good, God. I'm here. I'm alive. Thankful to be so. All right. So listen, this is um episode I want to call Loving Basketball. Oh, Jesus. But it's about the love of basketball and not being in love with basketball. Or maybe yeah. being in love with basketball. Just uh, not no chicks. Do, do we, Really? I mean... Uh, listen, no dig. So my first real experience. Now, we played ball as kids. We did some things. But my first experience really was me and G... He actually took me to a a, a a basketball gang at Andrew Jackson High School. Hmm. The dude, um, Lloyd Daniels, was playing Sweepy. And, uh, I mean, he did his thing throughout the game, but, like, at the end of the game, he got this um, buzzer-beating shot that Hello. really, like, you know, it's crazy because the dude... From Bim- half court. From half court, yeah. The dude, Bimmy, was there from the Supreme Team. It w- It was a... It was a Queens thing. It was huge. I mean, a lot of other big names was there. It was it was really something that that represented Queens and really introduced me to basketball. Although we had been playing for many many years, but it introduced me to how you know Queens what profoundly affected the league. You know, Speaker Lloyd Lloyd went to the league. Um, Sweepy went to the league until they found the, out no, he couldn't read. He went to the NBA without a high school diploma. Yeah, well, it was a contract job. Yeah, hold no, but you need a high school diploma, dog. <laughs> he went to you and he was the only one. He was the only one. He was the only one that went to the league without a high school diploma. Yo. He went to UNLV, got caught up in a drug sting, and yeah. he got thrown out. So he he didn't play one game with the school. Yeah, but, but him and the shark, him and talk, talk the shark, Jerry Talk came Listen, in. him and talk was really really close up until. You know what I'm saying? Up until, you know, they did a documentary on Sweet Pea recently and Talk was on it. He was about a thousand years old, but he was on it and he was talking yeah. about Sweet Pea. Yeah, yo. That's that's real. Eh. But ultimately, my experience with ball is, you know, 15 Park and how we used to go. I tell people all the time how we used to visit Park the Park and play ball and we went out, we ventured out. I don't know how young dudes play ball now, but if I remember, you know, 15 Park was set up with five courts. Mm-hmm. The first court was the bent rim. 
That mm-hmm. was for the young kids because they couldn't shoot the high rims. And right. if we wanted to dunk or have dunking contest, that was the big rim. Then it was the next rim, mm-hmm. which was more of a beginner's game. You had the beginner's game. Now, my rim was the third rim. That was the intermediate rim. Some high school players would play there. You know, a couple of dudes who was of, of, of great skill. But there wasn't the fourth and fifth court skill. The fourth no. court was the more, you know, pro court. That was the ah, dudes who, who played ball, you know what I'm saying, the high school players in good ports. The fifth court was them Skeeter and them, them MTA players, them dudes who should have made it through high school but didn't, and, and they played ball. You know what I'm saying? So I, I love the way our park was set up, you know what I'm saying, because we had, like, it wasn't a division, but it was just level. It was so, you know, if you was on a certain court, that's the court. When I went in, I went to that third court every day. Yeah. Yeah, I, listen, I always wanted to play with the older dudes. I got lucky. You played on the fourth and kick court. You, Tony, you, Tony Richburg. Listen, me and G me and G was on the third court. You know what I'm saying? You was on the fourth court, the fifth court. Nah, that's, you know that's, what I'm saying? And they would call you first pick. They call me and G out there for like nah. if, if if they needed a uh uh what they call it? The um Exactly. Exactly. We we was the dudes. If they was on strike, then we came in. <laughs> yeah. First, first. And we couldn't be on the same team. We definitely couldn't play on the same team because we had to D each other. Because we was basically about the same skill level. Listen, so we was the replacements. Don't listen. Don't listen to these dudes. They got me fucked up. We were definitely listen, the replacements. I, I worked, listen, I, I will say that in a certain respect, y'all are right. But I worked hard to get there. I really, really tried to put some game up because I wanted to play with them dudes. Those was the dudes to play with. Understand. My thing was, you know what I'm saying, I ain't going to lie. Uh, yeah, I could shoot that water. You know what I'm saying? I could shoot that water. Ice cold. You know what I'm saying? I ain't going to lie. Even till today, I see dudes in the street. They be like, yo, that's you water? Because I, I shoot that ice water. But it, mm. it, it was hard pressed. You know what I'm saying? I had a little dishing game. I had a little passing game. I had the ice water I could shoot from... A, a decent distance. Don't listen to this nigga. You know what I'm saying? Don't listen and, to this and, dude. And that was it. Don't listen to this dude. This dude could have been an A1. I could Hall not have been an ABA player. I mean, NBA I'm player. Front, he is front on you. Do not. G, talk about it. G, listen. G is the hood statistician. Don't he knew basketball and stats when we was kids before dudes knew basketball and stats. Let this nigga lie to you. Had he put half of the effort... Into his basketball game. Listen, I, I, I used to practice at home just, just so I could be able to be picked extra. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, Listen, I'm telling you, 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 i am telling you i am Right now. <laughs> <laughs> Word. Listen, they don't got the five rims up no more, so it ain't the same. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, they, but it ain't lying, yo. They jacked listen, that park up. Listen, yeah, I, I tell people all the time, man, how we used to go from parks to park, man. We would go to Lost Battalion to play with the dudes from um Left Rack City. You all know, we would go to Cambria Park. Now, mm-hmm. Cambria, you don't want to go to Cambria Park. Cambria Park with the, uh, Jump let's shooters. say... It was, um, I don't even know what to call them. They all wore jerseys from, yeah, listen, they all wore jerseys from tournaments 
and they we play blacktop, man. So you don't call fouls. You if it's a bad enough foul, then you got it automatically. You ain't got to say nothing. Yeah. Them dudes would pose for shots, talk about high school basketball all the time. They would only wear shirts from other tournaments and stuff. They was I don't they they were um, unremarkable. Bougie. Listen, <laughs> I, yo, I, I played a, a couple of tournaments, like let's say three or four. You I play re- Elm Corps. You play Elm Corps. Nah, it did, but I refused to wear them jerseys out. Like, listen, I, I was never. Them that dudes guy. wore them jerseys with pride. Yeah, listen, it was a requirement. It was like a requirement. <laughs> yeah, no, yeah, God. you had to wear a, a, a tournament jersey nah, in Cambridge. Dude, I hated that. They played a half court like it was a tournament. Like right? what? Like, like it was referees out. Yeah, they did, man. But I, I just, yo, I don't know why I was always like that. I just like you didn't. It was yeah, all right. I played in a couple of tournaments. Oh, so fucking what? It's a t-shirt you wear. Understand what I'm saying, man. Um, we played at the Bellow. You know, Bellow was a good yeah. game. We played there once yeah. or twice. I don't remember O'Connell Park, but like G, me and G were talking the other day. He said um, O'Connell Park was the PAL park. It was more for boxing. Oh yeah. So um, they had that over there, but we went to. All type of parks, man. We would follow, go through the city. I actually, once I went to Park West, I played ball uptown. Do you know they play straight up ball uptown? There's no taking it back? Yeah, I heard that foolishness. But hey, it's just every every man for himself. I don't know. That's um, what it is. I could say, I can't even say it was like playing 21. Because even 21 in Queens and Brooklyn, you yeah, take it back, back to the line. Yo, that was the most organized, unorganized basketball I, that I've experienced. Yo, because that... Yo, straight up is like five or six year old balling. Like that's what five and uh, six year olds do. Understand? They was grown men. They cause yo, I got the ball. I, I shoot automatically. I shoot back to the foul. They was like, yo, what you doing? I'm like, yo, I'm taking it back. They was like, nah, we don't play that ball out here. We play straight up. Yeah. So anything come off that rim, you take it straight back up. I said, yo, but it's a half court game. They like, yo, that's how we play our half court out here. Well, I mean, every I guess everybody was it's different. Not, but you gotta remember, it's Manhattan, so it's Showtime. It's, showtime. <laughs> it, it, it's 100% Harlem. It was Showtime. Now, now the G, um, I want to talk about how um, during our era, a lot of people missed their calling based on the crack game. Like, the crack game, it came out just with the... And, and I, I can attest to the fact that I've seen dudes come to high school poor one day. And literally rich over the summer when the crack came out like dudes come back i don't know if they was really rich but they looked pretty wealthy when they came back to school dudes came back to school was a cars and jewelry and like grown man jewelry dudes was coming back with dookie rope chains and i guess they don't say dookie rope chains anymore but that's you know how we said back in the days like dudes came back to school so how do you think that affected the high school players that we played with and and how it affected their their game and moving forward in basketball. I think I think back then it was more um, people people look more like they could they could make more money in the street than they could potentially make in basketball because it was for right now. You know now now kids see potential even like even before they even had this um, thing where you know where the college players get paid. Before mm-hmm. that, it was just like, listen, I don't know, like, I don't know if I can make make it in the league. And the league wasn't even making as much money as it was making. Yo, but didn't, isn't that what, what's the name said? 
But Pee Wee Kirkland said that from years ago. But during our era, Pee Wee Kirkland era was is significantly different. It was the dope era. He was doing um jewelry. He had a lot going on. You know what I'm saying? And it was Guy Fisher and all of them. It was a different era because Guy played ball too. You know, I remember Guy Fisher playing basketball as well. But I'm talking about our era specifically with the crack era. Remember the guy? There was a guy. Um, I, I think I don't. I know his last name was Porter. I'm not sure if his first name was Rich Porter, but yeah, he, he was the point guard with Boo Harvey. Wow. He, was, he, he came up here didn't play for St. John's, but he went back to Virginia because he was getting money. Like, yeah, it was a lot. Of, it was a lot of money, and you just got to think, especially like you know how everybody was going out of town, so you could people could be like, listen, man, I could go and make me like a hundred, two hundred thousand dollars. Yeah. Versus I have to wait and remember po- poverty was different. Yeah, it was definitely it different. Because now, like I see now, when I see kids, I see kids going to school. Everybody has like Jordan. If they wear a uniform, they have Jordan. Yeah. A four hundred dollar coat on, a three hundred dollar book bag. Back then, it was like if you was a bum, you was a bum. Yeah. Ah, hold up. You couldn't even get a goddamn Jan Sport. No, it was it was definitely exactly. Like, I mean, we talk specifically about basketball, but come on, it was just probably a bunch of football players, um, you know, baseball players. Them little Dominican dudes probably was really getting it at it like that, you know. And I, I, I know, I mean, the but Dominicans. I think Basketball affected the urban community more profoundly. It, it affected dudes who was in the urban community. So it was when when you say hip hop, you know, and I was hip hop fiftieth now when they celebrate hip hop, you can say basketball. How many people can celebrate hip hop and say football or baseball? Nah. It's uh, it's uncommon. Yeah, exactly. Listen, I, I'm not even gonna lie. Exactly. Going down. 
Oh, the bleachers is rocking. And it's rocking. Because the bleachers is shaking. Like, you see these videos on the people's Instagram and, and the people's internet. It's not. It's not the same. It's a whole nother experience. As being in the building. Yeah, we used to we used to hit the joints. Of course, we went to St. John's, we went to Madison Square Garden, we we went to a whole bunch of places following back. But that's why when when we opened, I said one of my first experiences were with my man, and we went to this game, and it really opened up a whole new thing for us. Cause I started going to the Rucker game after that. I went to yo know, literally, I would do the tour. I went to Rucker, Tillery, I went to Soul in the Hole. Um, yeah. Rosedale. Um, um, what's the name of that park over there in Rosedale? Um, what's that street that goes through Rosedale? Um, oh, I'm supposed shit, to goddamn Brookville, Brookville Park. Oh, Brookville Park. Yeah, Brookville okay. Park. You know, I've been to different things, man. I remember, um, I went to meet my man over at Brookville Park, and he was playing at Brookville. He had the Lexus, um, the GS. I had the SC. So we pull up. You know, this this crack ever. We doing what we do. So we pull up. I go um, pick him up at um, Brookville, and we shooting the soul in the hole. So we driving the soul in the hole, and, you know, we get over there, and I see one of my men from over there in the town, and he was like, yo, they killed Killer Ben last night. And I was like, what? And then he was telling me the story about how dudes came through and killed Ben. And, you know, just, you know, the culture at that time and how, you know, the game was so profound, like it was crazy. But when they killed Ben, you know, and we was going to soul in the hole to watch basketball, they ended up do Juju and them, I could say, because he's dead now too. They went back and shot up Prospect Plaza for the dudes who killed Ben, and they ended up shooting a little girl on roller skates and killing her. But when they went through there, they went through to the basketball tournament. So that's how I say how the relationship between the streets and basketball was so profound. Like, I heard about all the information at a, a street tournament. They went back and seek revenge at a street tournament. That's how profound basketball was in our community. That's how strong it was in our community and how it affected our and, – and the crack era. And because they got killed during the crack era, not necessarily for crack. It was more for robbery. But – it was during that era, the dudes they robbed was the crack kingpins. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So it was it's oh. just a crazy correlation between the two. Let, let me say this. And, and you got to remember, all the, all the dudes, the drug dealer dudes, that's what they did. Like, yeah. they didn't play ball, they wanted to sponsor a team. They wanted to have a team that they play ball. Like, yeah. If you... Yo, like yeah. when you watch The Wire, I think it was what? It was season three? It was actually season one when they had the tournament? that tournament. Yeah. Right. That was very real, not just in Baltimore. That shit no, that was, was really real going in, on everywhere. It, it was better. Supreme, listen. Listen. Yeah. Yeah. That's how the dude, um, Supreme. Dimencio, had got killed by Alpo during a basketball tournament. Yeah. Supreme's Night Invitational Supreme's Night Invitational Fast Break Festival. Yes, sir. Sniff. 
sniffed. It, it was a big deal. I knew a lot of dudes played in that. You know, but the fact that... Yeah, you definitely had to be a name to be. You weren't just coming off the street playing in the sniff tournament. Word. Yo, but it was, yo, it's crazy how creative dudes was to come up with a name like Sniff for a bunch of Coke dealers <laughs> with a tournament. Like, <laughs> yo, it, it, it just speaks to how creative our people are and how, you know, inventive that we could be. If dudes took, I always say, you know, as much time as you spend on a particular thing, you know, it, as much time as you spend on a particular thing, if you spent as much time on something different, you will be successful. You know what I'm saying? Well, they do say 10,000 hours, right? Listen, if you put 10 years into college the same way you put 10 years into a prison sentence, you will be successful. Well, you know what I'm saying? So I, I, our people are just so creative. We just, you know, like G said earlier, that it's immediate, grat instant gratification. Yo, they, listen. You know, we don't seek the long term. We, we always look at what's today. Yo, at that time, like was mentioned earlier, both you and G said it. Yo, dudes ain't had nothing. Um, I, I think I, about, I what's the name? Um, Material Love by, by um, KRS-One. Uh -huh. When he bust that down, it was like, yo... We did it, um, they did a, a, a move for the dude, and he said, we did it once, we did it twice. And now the steak with, with the, the beans, beans and rice. rice. Right, exactly. <laughs> and just think about, you know, I was, I was talking to somebody the other day, and I was like, just how, look at, remember, remember all the things that was going on in that time. Like, check, the check cash in place. People used to snatch people's women's pocketbooks when they came out to check cash. They sure did. No. no. And... Yeah. Taking niggas sneakers. We used to be like, yo, like, watch with, watch out, cause you know they can like just, they would yeah. take your sneakers off your feet. Listen, yeah. what size you wear? Yo size. <laughs> yo size, nigga. <laughs> yo, but the crazy part is that, you know, G didn't work some of you, Hold but up. he came with me to get my some of you checked, so I wouldn't get robbed. You know what the crazy part is? We all knew the answer. Listen, my size, <laughs> your size, your size, nigga, nigga. your size. <laughs> You know what I'm saying? But, yo, he would come with me to get my check. He'd be like, yo, if you're going to get robbed, we're going to get robbed. This is how we're going to scrap. You know what I'm saying? Yo. He was like, yo, we're we going to scrap for 150 damn dollars. <laughs> yo, you can, you can laugh now, but back then, a buck 50 was a lot of bread. Yeah, you get no dollars. Easy. Hold Easy. up. Hey. No, 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 no. $54. The Shelter Adidas was $49.99. Listen, $54 with tax. $54 with tax. The Kareem Abdul's was $32 and change. And the Shell Toes was $54 and change. And the motherfucker hard ass Levi's was $15.20. Boy. <laughs> that was G. The hard blues was G all day. Hold up. You know. So we went upstate to see the girl, right? Right. We come down. The wife want to walk around. So we stop at Woodbury Commons. I hit the Levi factory. Them niggas want $80 for some goddamn Levi's. Listen, but when you look at the culture, you know, you look at yeah. the culture and how things. You heard what I said? No, no. Listen, listen. As we speak to poverty, right? We look at the culture. 
Look at California, how them dudes wear Dickies and Chuck Taylors. Hold on, hold on. They did not wear Dickies and Chuck Taylors because they were stylish. They wore them because they were cheap. Hold up. They were inexpensive because you can get Dickies at Mr. Lee's for $10. Listen, listen. And the you sneakers. Got a, you got a couple of photos. Listen, hear me out. The sneakers was $10, $20. You got a couple but, of photos with a Dickie shirt but with the Dickie suit on. Hear me out. Once that became the norm, they jacked up the prices. Hold up. And the nylons? Jack, let me tell you something. <laughs> Dickies was $10. You get the suit for $19. You get your pair of Chucks for another $20. $40, you have a whole new brand new outfit. Uh-huh. But them dudes in, in, in Cali was so creative, they made the cheap shit the norm. They made it cool. They made it clean. That's why they had creases in them. They ain't just throw them on. Yeah. You had to have your Dickies creased. You had to have your, you know what I'm saying? Your pants like a certain way. Your chucks had to be a certain way. Exactly. So now, when the corporate America sees this, what do they do? They jack them up now. You can pay $100 for a pair of chucks. Hold up. Let, let, let's talk about that. Who paid $100 for a pair of chucks? We listen. paid $15 for Chuck Taylors. Uh, and... Now, ladies and gentlemen, you get the leather Chuck Taylors. I had a pair of red leather Chuck Taylors when I was in Park West High School that used to go with my suede front with the diamonds on it from Revel Knox. Heard me? People. From Revel Knox, right? I understand. I had the, the, listen, I had Uh the Calvin Klein Mm -hmm. with the Mm -hmm. leather pockets with the red stitching. Yeah, yeah. I had the suede front with the leather diamonds on the front from Revel Mm -hmm. Knox. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And I had a pair of Chucks on red leather. Yo, them shits was twenty four dollars. Listen, ladies and gentlemen, the fact is, for those of you who don't know, Chuck Taylor is not some fashionista. He's not a, a influencer. Chuck Taylor was a basketball player. Just to bring it full circle, Chuck Taylor was a professional basketball player. And he was the first one. He was one of the first ones to have a sneaker deal, right? Yeah, yeah I think so. He was one of the so. first ones early. And, oh, white, so, white, white professional basketball player at that. I know. White white player with canvas shoes. Well, I mean, it was even that a canvas high top shoes. Listen, it was even that appropriate. You understand? But you got to understand that when they did that and they made it part of the culture in Cali, the corporate America changed all the prices on them. Not so understand. we can get, yo, they've been better served coming to New York and buying Dickies and Chuck Taylors and taking them back to Cali because we was a third of the price of their, what they were paying out there. Yeah. Hold up. And we was rocking pro kids anyway. <laughs> and it, listen, and it shows you how crazy that corporate America structures things. Mm-hmm. But back to basketball, because we will get on this all day. Listen, but honorable mention. You know, the- but that, but this, but you, when you look at it, that's part of the, the culture, because when you see the players, whatever the players, the players and the people in the street, like, that's yeah. what it was. Like, what, what yeah. are they wearing after the game? Like, what sneakers are they wearing? Yo. You know? This was part of part of the culture, you know. Going when, when you went to school, it was like, yo, I play ball. Yeah. <laughs> you know yo, like, I know a I bunch of dudes that like, didn't wear Jordans. And, and I remember when Bob had asked me earlier how all these people, how all these dudes back then that were good, how they fell off. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? And they fell off because it was a whole different mental lifestyle back then. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know the different. Just think about it, like we said, like the jobs. Like, how many people were working correction jobs back then? Bus drivers, police officers, there were some, but they weren't having, like, now it's just like every, not say everybody, but 
but it's more, you know, it's more, and yeah. the level has, the level has came up, so now, dudes can be comfortable saying, yo, you know something, I'm gonna keep training to get where I'm gonna go, and if I don't make it here, I can go overseas. Yeah. Yeah. Because the there, there really part, was man, no overseas market back then. The crazy like part that. is that, you know, I watched dudes absolutely abandon their dreams. You know what I'm saying? And literally, and I want to say it was the summer of 88, the summer of 89, how dudes abandoned their dreams. When we looked at dudes like Devon from Baisley that could play ball, it looked like this dude could make the ball roll down the court, roll over and play dead, and then come back home to Papa. He played ball like that. And... You know, though he got killed pretty early in the game, you know what I'm saying? He absolutely abandoned any hoop dreams that he had. I remember Granby used to beg dudes to play like, yo, I want you on my team. And it was like, <laughs> yeah. I, I want to sell crap. I want to make money. You know what I'm saying? So, but look where them dudes, just, look where they was living at. Devon was living in Baisley Projects. Yeah, he was living in Baisley Projects. Yeah. yeah. I mean, the influence was there for sure. The influence was there for sure, but you know, you would hope that um dudes would have you know had more foresight, more vision. Nah. But you know, it, it was what it was back then. Hold up, you know, I look at the game, you know, for what it was. But uh, definitely an honorable mention to Mark Jackson, you who came out of Queens and he made it. You know, he did. He delivered. Listen. It was a different culture. Yeah, you, forg you forgetting and something. And nobody, he was playing in O'Connell Park. He was playing in yeah. O'Connell Park. Yes. Nah. Nah. Yeah. It was it was no influences nah. to where, you know what I'm saying? He it was no influence yeah. where he would want to hit the streets. Nah, you, you talk about people, right? And you like, yo, they did this. But when you see your man coming up, you know what I'm I saying? I mean, it's 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 a hard watch it's, to it's, watch somebody who right next to you, you know, do what they do and you still But no, with, but the crazy part is this. The crazy part is this. In my era, mm -hmm. you know, which was not much past that because we came out of school in 87 88, yeah, yeah. and um we was on the street by i want to say 88 89 we was Tops. full full in the street mm -hmm. you know what i'm saying so for me i mean when we was making money a dude who was doing something different could get a pass like if you was a dj you got a pass if you played ball we was like yo get off the corner man you got a future so Everybody don't think like that. The though. street had evolved a bit from that just roughneck dude selling crack and you know making money overnight. Nah. You know what I'm saying? We were still in high school at that point, but once nah, we got know. out of high school and we started hitting the block, nah, you yeah. know, we wanted better for dudes who had nah. the potential to nah, do nah, nah. better. You got to think like this, right? It, and I'm putting myself in this, but we was the last generation that would tell a nigga get off the fucking block. Oh, we would definitely, them, you know. Because them heroin dudes would be like, eh, you know, you couldn't get down understand. until I remember a certain age. going to the block, the pimp block, when, when Lowe was out there and was hustlers out there. And they was like, nigga, you can't come out here till you're 18. And it was really like, yo, you shouldn't be on the block. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. You know what I'm saying? So I remember that era. I remember dudes, you know what I'm saying, when we were coming up that would, you know, send us walking if you had something else going on and I tried to use that when it came time from we was on the block when we was on Ralph Avenue even when we was in Queens there were times right. that we sent well, dudes packing like yo you don't need to be out here you really have a future right and then after that other dudes decided 
they were seeing people in other places where they were where they were actively recruiting eight year olds, nine year olds, um, like Detroit, like California, like you know down south where dudes just got in early and they was encouraging kids because kids was getting juvie b- bids, right? I mean, at, at the end of the day, though, you know, I guess it has a lot to do because our community was so diverse because mm-hmm. there were houses in our community, as G said, and different things in our community. Um, we had a different lifestyle because them dudes in Harlem, if you was 12 on the block, they would they would encourage you to be on the block. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. But even, but even think about, like, we're playing ball, right? Right. You understand? You had dudes, if if you were from a certain area, I remember the dude who played guard, he was a point guard for Jackson team. He was from Caneville. Right. You know what I'm saying? But he just practiced. He wasn't good. You right. know what I'm saying? But he went to class, he practiced. He kept he kept the team looking legit for the stars. Right. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, right. and, and all these other dudes, you know what I'm saying? He was a role uh, player. Right. You know what I'm saying? Because at that time, remember, at that time, like, if you played sports, if you was good, especially in basketball, mm-hmm. you could buy. Like, yo, we, like, like Lloyd Daniels. Right. Listen, this dude is exceptional. He was the next Magic Johnson. He was the next you know Magic we Johnson, gonna get yeah. You. Remember, Boo Harvey, the same thing. He was in my class, and, like, come on. He, he came in there and, and came for a couple of days and bounced. But he went to junior college. He right. He went to junior college. Boom, get your credits up, get your high school diploma. Now he went to St. John's. He's supposed to go to Syracuse. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Listen. He never got to the league, but he probably went overseas and, you know, made a couple of dollars and played, you know, played some ball. Yeah. You know? and, and, and this thing back then, it was smaller. Like, when the expansion came, now you got more jobs. Yeah. yeah. You got oh, dudes right. like we, Carlton Hines out of the Bronx. We did not have you know? as many teams as they got now. No, but Carlton came out of the Bronx, and he was lined up to go to Syracuse. But, you know, just the rigors. They sent him to some um, high school come. out in maybe Connecticut or somewhere Ooh. in order to, pre- to do Carlton Hines to prepare him for the league. Yeah. And um, He did that to Sweet Pea, too, remember? Right, they did that, and he ended up coming back and being... A, he was a big, huge hustler in the Bronx. Them dudes from Sex, Money, Murder killed him. The dude Peter Rolock um, killed him. Gotcha. You know, um, it's documented all over the place. You know what I'm saying? So somehow they got into a beef, and um, the dude ended up killing him. You know what I'm saying? That's what he's actually in jail for. He's indicted for um, killing him amongst the other people that they allegedly killed. But... Like, his career, he really had a career. He was lined up. But, you know, like, you know, if you look at the Carlton Hahn story, it's on YouTube. It was that crack era. He could not get past it. Oh, also. Remember, you remember the dude Dwayne Corswell? Yeah, I remember yeah. Dwayne Corswell, of course. Jesus fucking Look at, look at, he played like 12 years in the NBA. Corniest nigga alive. Listen, he was in high school for, had to be, he had to be in high school for six years. Listen, though. Hold Listen, up. He was for two years. That, that was after no, no, he turned Granby down. No, no, listen. He took Tiki's spot. That's right. So when I came Listen. across him, um, we was playing Cardoza. I was like, I thought this nigga didn't play ball. Didn't you dunk on Duke? Uh, I might have. 
<laughs> no, I'm not. I'm not trying to be funny. Did, did you dunk on Duke? I might. No, he was. I remember when we first came in, and he went from like maybe six two to six four. Then when he went to Cardoza, he was like six nine. Yeah, but Tiki always he said. Tiki always said that Coswell took his spot. Hold up. And you know, hold up. He and, the class. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No, but I'm just saying, he represented, he represented the team. Because what about all the other dudes who was on that team who was nice? Yeah. You know there was a lot of dudes on that team that was like, Cardoza had a good team. Listen, um, that motherfucker got a scholarship to Temple University. Yeah. He got the 7 1 scholarship. Listen, for just being tall, because... I said the 7-1 um, scholarship. I don't remember him being so athletic. And then 10 years... I listen, do re- remember, back, remember back then, tall was a thing. You had, like, you had to have a big, tall center. You yep. had to have a little weight on you. That's yep. why I do... It wasn't no Allen Iverson back then. Nah, it you wasn't. Listen, and he you did 10 years like, in the league. If you, were the, if you were the small point guard, you was like 6'2", 6'3". Mm-hmm. Listen, we was coming. Um, you couldn't even think about it. You gotta play another sport. Yeah, we was mm-hmm. in Las Vegas. We had, you know, good seats for the Mayweather fight. So we doing what we do. Me, Chino, I think Baby Jade was with me. So we coming back. We walking through the tunnel, like it's basically a tunnel come out the the arena mm-hmm. and go to the hotel because we were staying at the MGM Grand. We were staying in the MGM. Um, <sighs> The signature, the lofts or something. Big money. So we going through the we, yeah right. <laughs> Wasn't big money. We I'm, did we did all right. I've never been so to Vegas. We we going through the tunnel, and yo, Jermaine O'Neal was that yo. He was so tall, like literally, like yo. This dude looked like an absolute giant. Now it's one thing to be tall in the crowd, but when this crowd they shoulder to shoulder. This dude looked like a goddamn giant. I was like, yo, dude is at least 7'9 right now. <laughs> I'm telling you, he was looking down on people. Like, literally, I don't think I was up to his elbow. The nigga was like Gulliver and y'all was yo, doing Yo, he looked like a giant. Like, yo, it's crazy. Because there was other basketball players there, and they wasn't as tall as dude. <laughs> yo, it be that sometimes. But shout to Jermaine O'Neal. He had a good career. And he took some young high school girl to her prom. Hey, what's he supposed to do? Listen, that, that that was a good move. You know, I mean, it was probably really good for her. Wasn't taking, it, wasn't, it wasn't taking Brandy. No. Shout well, to Kobe. Kobe took Brandy. Shout to Kobe. <laughs> I'm just saying. Yo, listen, ladies and gentlemen, we've been talking forever. Uh, yo, G, thank you for calling in, my guy. But listen, man, we got to shout the honorable mention to my guys, man. My man, Kevin Driscoll. He used to come to the park and play a little ball. Christ. My man, Twan. Where Twan was from? Left Rack? Yeah, I think Twan so. used to play ball, man. I want to shout out, yo. Brother Bill, who ended up Brother being a Bill. DJ. Yes, yes, yes. Yo. Rest in peace to my man, Sean Pree, man. He should have been. Yo. Yo. He should have he been. That boy was a basketball savant, man. He was Yo. he was short, but he was special. Like truly, truly special. Shout to Armand. Um oh, mm. there's so many names, man. I wish I can go through them all. Yeah. You know, shout to Tony Richburg. Oh my God. You I know. still gotta hear that nigga's stories. <laughs> so <laughs> you know. Yo, hold up, hold up. I, I do gotta say this. Before we do any before we end this. 
on a very serious note, I would like to send a rest in peace shout out to Mrs. Marjorie Marshall. Oh, yeah, yeah. That's My Leroy Marshall's grandmother. Yes. Leroy Marshall. Remember Leroy Marshall from 120th? His grandmother, Miss Marshall, she just passed away like 100 years old, close to it. Yeah. Listen, so. listen. If I, I, when we get off the air, I'm going to tell you a story, B. It was, it was disgusting. Yeah. Absolutely terrible. Crazy, man. So shout to all my dudes, man, who should have made the league, man, and, and the, the ill effects of the community. And Shit, they should have went to society. college at least. Yeah, they definitely should have went to college at least. Society as a whole that, you know, held us back, man. Shout to. The 31 on the side of Maze, man. <laughs> Where'd that come from? Shout to the Q. No, no, I had to shout the Q31 on the side of Maze, man. Shout to the 178 of Cardoza and Francis Lewis. That's not a Q30, Listen, sir. Shout to Fearless Freddie Burton. Ah, <laughs> no doubt. <laughs> yo, yo, that dude, my God. Dude, yo, you ever talk about somebody that they was predicting to hit the league? Yeah. Dude it was Fred Burton. Fred Burton was going to the league, man. And it, hold on. And it wasn't us. This was the goddamn newspapers. Yeah. Everybody thought Fred, 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 Freddie Burton was going to the league. Mm. Anyway, ladies and gentlemen, it has been real. You have been regular. And this has been the one, the only, the irreplaceable Peace to the G's. Really? <laughs>